Alright, so we on the podcast right now with Twan the Don. I'll put his um information in the description. Um what's up, Twan the Don speak? What's good, my nigga? What's good, what's good? Alright, we live on this bitch. We live on IG. Uh I was trying to go live on YouTube, but the shit the shit wasn't I'm not trying to deal with OBS right now. Hold on, I can't hear you, my nigga. Let me try to put my earphones in. Alright, alright. And what are my earphones? Here we go. Yep, yep. All right, let's see. So can you hear me now? We good? I can hear you now. All right, bet, bet. Damn, ain't nobody joining live. Fuck it. We still recording anyway. Um. Shit. Hold up. Let me let me go on the um. Checking one more thing, just trying to finalize this shit. Alright, alright, we cool. Alright. So what's up? What you trying to speak about? What's up? What what you trying to get out to the world, Twan or Don? I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of bullshit lately, my nigga. I ain't even ready to hold you. <laughs> a lot of bullshit, a lot of bullshit. Alright, alright. I've been saying bullshit too. Especially with these police shootings and these police doing everybody Yeah, wrong. niggas was shooting in Memphis out here. I ain't really hear too much about it. You know, niggas had riots. I mean, rightfully so, yo. Mm. No, lots of injustice is going around right now, my nigga. A lot, a But lot. you know, the city's getting turned up. You know, it's getting ready to be summer. You know, city had four, 140 bodies right now. <laughs> they get, they ready to keep dropping motherfuckers regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, yeah like... You know, even though the police doing a little bit of killing, you know, you know, they, they killing each other in the streets as well. I, I, over who 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 knows? But, you know, it, it is just a lot of senseless BS that I'm saying going around, you know, school about to be out. So, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. You know, ain't no real guidance, ain't no real leadership, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see a real positive outcome with this, you know, and I don't really know where the uh, that's the word how this situation in Memphis is going to turn out because you remember 2015 when we had the riots in Baltimore, yeah. you know, you know, the city was on shutdown, but I don't really, I ain't really see it going nowhere for real. Worst case scenario, you know, we have another riot and then it'd be worse than in the 1960s and in 2015. That's worst case scenario. What up? I can't hear you. I said the worst case scenario is that we have a riot worse than the the 60s riot and then worse than a riot recently in 2015. Yeah, I feel you, my nigga. We we probably Yeah, that probably is worst case scenario and you know I'm a little pessimistic, so mm. <laughs> That's I see that as my only outcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean it would it would shake up a lot of stuff, you know, personally. To be honest, I don't I don't like the governor of Right now, just just cause he Look. he conserv he too he too conservative like he on that uh like he is on that old southern type leadership type stuff like he was on the shit that's like oh you know he's for he's he will say he's for Maryland but he's for the counties you know he's for yeah. Annie Arundel he's for you know the Eastern Shore he's for all these other counties but he's not for the people in Baltimore City he probably doesn't even want to deal with the people in Baltimore City at all you know what I'm saying so you talking about uh. 
Governor Hogan for real. Yes, I'm talking about Hogan. Oh, that nigga, you know, I don't see how he got elected in the first place. You know, we we mainly Democratic city, mainly liberal. You mm. know, even though I'm not a liberal, I'm not conservative neither. But, you know, we got a conservative. And as you see, you know, he's really for the county and shit. You know, I don't really get into politics right there. But from what you saying, shit ain't right, my nigga. I, I, I'm going to just leave it at that. It isn't. He... He is really representing the, I'm going to say, white minority, even though, you know, whites make up a majority in the state. He is representing yeah. the white minority in the state, which surrounds Baltimore. It's not he he's not for the people in Baltimore. He's for, you know, all these other places like he I think he was with President Trump when he was over here. If if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, hold on. So you're saying that he's with he's for like the, the, the uh, minority in the city, such as like conservative white people yes the like ones the that don't want to talk about anything the ones that are the ones that go to the kentucky derby and the ones that go to the uh the preakness here but don't want to talk he is for the white people that come into our city take our money out of the city and don't want to talk about our city basically that's what yeah he's for. So, so 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 like i don't want to say pecker woods or nothing but basically <laughs> basically niggas who who you know, they, they talk a good game, but they don't really do nothing about it. You know, they, they pull money into certain aspects of the city, but when it comes to, like, crime-filled areas, they don't mm. really touch on that for real. Yeah. They, they'll gentrify certain parts of it for real. They'll gentrify certain parts, but, you know, they'll see 300 bodies uh, a year. They'll see lots of heroin addicts, you know, opioid epidemic crippling the city. And now they they won't care because you know, even though we are the majority in the city, we still the minority, and we still at a just disadvantage because we still getting shitted on by police, the government. You know they they still shitting on each other in the street. You know they killing each other and they selling the poison throughout their neighborhood for real. So we don't really got no help in hand for real. You know mm. they ain't really voting like that. You know even though they got they they got really get out there. And do the work they self. You know, it's a little hard to do that, to be honest. It is. And I think it's two types of those people. I think it's the people that deliberately, you know, are, you know, quiet racist. They don't, they want to speak about it. They don't want to, you know, give out anybody a helping hand. They just want everything to keep going how it is. Like, yeah. the, like the people that made the opioid epidemic, they, you know, they own some rich type stuff that they don't even care, you know. And then there's yeah. the people that are, that are not even informed and they do it on accident. Like when, um... When Under Armour, you know, helped out the police union, I think. It was oh, so say that again. I can't hear you. I'm saying um, when Under Armour they came, and I think they gave money to uh, the Western District uh, building instead of actually yeah. putting the money in, you know, the hands of the residents. Yeah, like so. So you saying they're not really putting money into the city like that? No, they putting money in the city, but they putting it in the wrong place. They putting it in the police. They putting it in areas. You know that are already overfunded and not putting it in. Yeah. Um. You know, people who are impoverished, people who you know can't get through day to day. You know, they need a yeah stuff like that. You know. Yeah. They. They like what I see around the city is I see certain areas they thriving like you know where the Under Armour Center is and like near downtown mm. and you know we see a lot of places where it's really like it's 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 an apartment building near North Avenue and it, it, it looks really out of place. It looks like it's surrounded by a poor neighborhood. 
you know, but like they 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 trying to gentrify certain parts, but like I'm like I would say is they leaving certain parts be. They not really helping out certain parts. You yeah. know, they they only pouring in money where it is is not needed, but where they where they see other money opportunities. Exactly at. where they see a potential profit, they pour the money into. Yeah, yeah, because like I see areas near downtown. You know, they knocking down Gilmore Homes potentially as another gentrification opportunity and they they really they really out here you know they they out they out for themselves man they don't really care about the city like that i don't know about gilmore homes though just because of the fact that you know they have counselors with the people that are you know getting kicked out saying that oh it's a crime area this that the third well if it's a crime area you know you should get these people jobs and not allow them you know yeah. to sell drugs and stuff you know but I think it's just in terms of the whole Gilmore Homes thing. I think they've just given up, and you know they don't want to have a bad PR. So you know, oh, let's give, let's say we're giving these people counseling, but no matter mm -hmm. what, we're gonna kick them out anyway. We're gonna kick them out regardless. Yeah. But let's say we'll give them counseling so that you know we won't get backlash from you know the ACLU oh, yeah. or any civil rights organization. Yeah, but we don't really see we don't really see much counseling going on in those type of neighborhoods. I mean, even though we see lots of emotional trauma you know like seeing a lot of things that a child and a person in general shouldn't have no business saying like exactly you know, people dying every day people on drugs like we, we we see like the dope fiends and the drug addicts to be like like less derogatory you know a person addicted to drugs you know hitting you know what i call you know the dope fiend lane my nigga mm, mm. like and, and we de we kind of desensitize to it in a sense because we see that as normal every day. We a lot of us even make fun of them, admittedly, mm. you know. And the thing about uh, the people not having jobs, you know, not many job opportunities around there. You know, we got the foreigners in our neighborhoods selling us shit. You know, they they got us eating up their products, and we don't really got uh, many black businesses. You know, they're at not all. offering us jobs at all. At all, yeah, no black. I, I saw like one black business like in my neighborhood, like six, seven years ago. But they, they, they cease to exist now. The only black businesses that's really thriving are, you know, the the drug gangs around here on every corner. That's not even making minimum wage. They're not even making nine dollars. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it's it's lots of people selling drugs. You know, we we might see like a black business on Instagram. But on our other corner, you know, we seeing like the Indians and the Asians, the and, and like even some Hispanics. No, 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 no black people. But you know, they sure would like the people in the community. They sure will eat up all the products that they selling to them. Though, mm. you know, they 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 eat up everything that's advertised. You know, they see certain shit on TV. They see all this stuff around them, and they 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 like they cause it's like the the poison of consumerism. To be honest. I mean, but that's just materialism in itself. When people yeah. when people see things and they like, oh, I want that, regardless of what they have or they what they don't have, they're going to want it. They're going to have a deep desire for it, and they're going to, you know, try to get it regardless. Yeah, it is, that is real true because I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's, it's almost like monkey see, monkey do. Like, they see something on TV, now they want to emulate it, and they want to do it. Well, they want to have that, even though, like, in my one of my more recent podcast episodes is going to be released soon. I say, 
like what wh- whatever you see on social media, like most of those people is just actors for real. Most definitely. All the stuff is over the internet. People forget. I remember back in the G when, you know, there was there was no Instagram, you know, there was Facebook and all that, but that was for old yeah. people, you know. Back in the G, you know, when we had the DSs and all this. And yeah. all these people on Instagram are just like all the old people on Facebook. They stunting. They doing all this for the followers. Oh, yeah. you might get a you might get a thousand dollars, sell some socks or whatever. Like, yeah. all these people that are in California doing these things or here, regardless, they not what you think they are. They living in their cars. Homelessness in yeah. you know America is. On, I'm not gonna say America, but in California is on a rise. So. All these people yeah. stunting. No, I'm going to Cali. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. No, no, they you're not yeah. doing none of that. Like I don't see why they go to these certain landmarks and act like they're making a bid. Like there's a lot of niggas that go down to Atlanta, but they can be really doing the same stuff here for real. Or like going to like you said LA and becoming homeless, exactly and struggling, but they still on social media stunting just just off their location alone. Because, you know, a lot of people is viewing that from the outside looking in. They don't really see what's going on when the cameras is being turned off. People don't know about how bad Skid Row is. And for all the viewers that don't know what Skid Row is, it's a section in, you know, Los Angeles where it's just nothing but homeless tents, homeless people. Yeah. People just people in other, in other countries describe it as, you know, a third world country, a third world city because of the race yeah. of homelessness there. People don't see that yeah. when they see California. Yeah, it's just like almost like um, like Africa, but it's the role, the roles are reversed. Mm. You know, we see like when we look on TV, we see all these advertisements about how poor and how bad off Africa is. But you know, when 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 people go there, and when people when when you look deeper, you don't even gotta look much deeper, but you can see that a lot of Africa is not that. And when you look on TV and you look at Los Angeles, for example, you might see like downtown and Beverly Hills, but then you got the hood. You know, it's written with prostitution, homelessness, gang culture, the whole nine yards, just like any other city. You know, most of these cities is like Taylor, two cities. Like when I went on like the college trip for Bard and we went to Philadelphia, downtown Philly was like its own city for real. And, you know, we, we was driving on the highway to downtown Philly, and across the highway was the hood. You know, dirty, dingy, lots of graffiti, lots of abandoned houses, just like Baltimore, but it's bigger. You know, we got the projects, mm. but as soon as you get to the other side of the city, ain't nothing. it's nothing like that. And that's what's really broadcast to us, but we don't really see that other side. I, I don't think, you know, we... In our lifetimes, well, maybe in our lifetimes, I don't, I don't, to me, I'm not optimistic about it. I'll be surprised if we do see, you know, the revitalization of our neighborhoods. Because in my opinion, you know, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, 60 years from now, I expect to see Baltimore. You know, I expect to go to Penn North and see an abandoned house in Baltimore. I'm sorry, but I do. You know, it's just become ingrained in all of these cities that have been, you know, de-industrialized by, you know, the rise of China, you know, the fact that, you know, capitalism is slowing down, you know? Yeah. It's it's ingrained in, you know, American culture to see, you know, you go to Philly, you know, you go to Atlanta or you go to Baltimore, you, you have a trap house, yeah. you have you have all these abandoned houses, you have this, that, and the third, 
and it's it's just ingrained now, and I don't see that problem yeah. going away. Yeah, I don't really see it going away, but at the same time, I see, like I said, in certain parts of the city, you know, it's still is gentrification going on. You know, like uh, Harbor East, for example, like just like five, ten years ago, it wasn't as you know. I don't know what the word is. It, it wasn't as much stuff down there as it is now. You know, it was the Mellow Center. Now it's the Under Armour Center. Mm. Now they getting to move out families from out the projects that are down there. I think it's a uh, Douglas Homes or uh, it, uh, I don't I don't know what it is, but it's a lot of families getting moved out of these Section Eight, primarily Section Eight housing projects, and they getting moved into smaller apartment complexes with uh with people who who pay. Who pay uh what's this called? Uh that pay regular rent like in my grandmother's uh apartment complex. Like it is it's a family, you know, it's like five kids, you know, the mother's by herself. And she he, she do some real, real grimy stuff, my nigga. Like stuff that you wouldn't believe. And that's like really the direction that the city's going. Like on one side it's going, you know, it, it's going in a good direction, but on the other side it's just getting worse. Like I see lots of justification, but the crime rate is, you know, still going up. So it's not really a full revitalization mm. of the city. It's just like one side is getting help and, and the other side is just, you know, they turn on a blind eye to. Most economists say, you know, by the time in our lifetimes, our primary issue is going to be the fact that we're going to have to deal with income inequality. And what that means is, you know, the upper classes. You know, they've already gained $21 trillion in wealth. We, you know, the average poor person have lost, you know, 900. Oh, say that again? I can't hear you. I said, you know, in our generation, we're going to deal with income inequality. We, you know, the, the rich the rich class, you know, the top 1% of the 1%, they've gained $21 yeah. trillion in wealth. $21 trillion with a T. We have lost $900 billion, you know. So, that's going to be the whole defining thing. And that's probably, that's why I'm so pessimistic about you know our future of terms of you know what Baltimore's gonna look like what Philly's gonna look like is because we're gonna have to deal with these type of problems you know one part part of the city is doing fantastically well you know huge strides you know all of this and then the other side is just all run down you know same corners you know same same bs same bullshit you know uh you know people getting shot that's what i think we're gonna have to deal with oh can you repeat that last but i couldn't hear it you know, uh, the fact that one side of the city is going to do tremendously well in terms of wealth yeah. and the other side is going to be doing horribly in terms of, you know, the crime rate or the fact that it's underdeveloped or, you know, abandoned buildings yeah. and murders. Yeah, that, 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 that's just but that's nowadays. That's just the way it is, though. You know, they don't really care about the poor people and what we going through on a daily basis, but they rather see like all of these economic opportunities and their eyes turn to dollar signs when they see downtown Baltimore and like the, the, the surrounding parts of that. But when they turn around, you know, they see poor people and, you know, their eyes also turn to dollar signs. But, you know, that's just because of the consumerism part of it. It's just the, uh, the materialism part of it, though. But when, you know, with the whole uh, us teenagers going down there and shitting, you know, fucking shit yeah. up for real they their eyes are gonna go from dollar signs to oh we don't want to be here we don't want to be involved in that you know they're gonna they're not even gonna want to solve the problem they just want to leave they're gonna yeah let's say let's say there was a riot like 2015 in in the inner harbor you know how much money baltimore would lose 
Like, honestly. Yeah. The fact that the whole riot thing was in Mondawmin, you know, it attracted eyes, but at the same time, it was like, you know, that's kind of their problem. It's in their own neighborhood, you know. we They're burning yeah. their own stuff. But imagine if that stuff happened at the Inner Harbor. So many businesses would be leaving. There would be yeah. a radical... I mean, I mean, radical difference in Baltimore's economy, like maybe like yeah. the 2008 recession type stuff, because yeah. so much money comes in from tourism in the, in the harbor for real. Yeah, like for some reason, like when the riots happened, they only did that, like you said, in their neighborhoods, like around Normand, Dominant, and Over West. But if they did that, like downtown, you know, they even they they did shut down downtown, but. You know, they didn't really go downtown and have any real riots. Yeah. Like, by the Raven Stadium, by the Inner Harbor. And I think they were really, like, turn away a lots of... Uh... Now, I wouldn't want to generalize it and say, put this as a, as a social de- destination or nothing. But, like, white people. It would, it would, it would turn away a lot, lots of the rich people and lots of people that's willing to pour their money in all of these organizations. And I think the city would have probably been on like in some in some form of martial law because you know they going down and and they're destroying like where where the money is they mm. they're not they're no longer destroying their own community I don't remember um so none of them faced federal charges yeah none of them all six of them did not face federal charges but all oh, there so, was uh, there was one so arrest. None of them face face any charges in general. No federal charges. Um, oh, federal charges. Um. Yeah, none of them actually received charges. Nero was acquitted. Porter was deemed a mistrial, and the charges were dropped. Goodson was acquitted. Rice was acquitted. Um, Miller, I think, was acquitted also. And White was acquitted as well, I think. So, so everybody was acquitted because uh, I couldn't hear some of the stuff that you were saying. Oh, no, I was just na- listening to officers. You know, there's six of them. Oh. And, you know, most of them, well, not most of them, all of them didn't get charged with the... Yeah. yeah well, they got charged, but they weren't prosecuted or... Yeah, know, they weren't indicted. prosecuted or anything. Yeah. So they faced charges, but they, they beat it. Basically, you know, same... It's the same thing with basically, uh, <laughs> same thing basically with, you know, I, there's a police officer, a former police officer who literally, shit, he literally represented all police officers that had to go against a judge, you know, and he yeah. was a tough lawyer and all this. It's basically the police and the police union and the fraternal owner organization of the police, they're all um, a family and they all, you know, quote unquote stick together. So no matter what, they gonna help each other out, regardless yeah. of if they white or black, or if they wrong or right. We already know that they were wrong in this because somebody died of you know unusual circumstance. But it it you know they stick together regardless. Yeah, but I, I just wanted to say that when we see like a lot of police incidents and run-ins where you know a black person is slain or it's like a manslaughter charge. Where you know, like Freddie, the instance of Freddie Gray happened. We don't really see like them fully going through with these prosecutions. You know, I think I, I personally believe when uh, the state prosecutor 
or was it a city pro? I don't I don't know. But when she came out and, and stated the sentences that they were facing, mm. you know, everything went back to normal. I think that was a form of damage control. And then, like, it was kind of swept under the rug. Oh, it was and, completely swept under the rug. Marilyn Mosby just said that so she could get some community support and ultimately didn't support the community in it. I mean, she. I'm not going to say that she does not currently support the community, but in that whole ordeal, she had no effect. She basically was trying to calm fear so that there wouldn't be, uh, you know, a complete destabilization of the city and, you know, an ultimate, you know, uh, we don't want to let the National Guard here, you know, a 1960s yeah. situation where, you know, boots on ground, because this is an American city, you know, you can't, it looks yeah. fucking horrible to have fucking soldiers here with guns pointed at regular ass people. That even stirs yeah. tensions worse. Yeah, because back then, like, the city was on standstill for real, like, from what I saw, like, I rolled downtown a few times, I saw the National Guard here, they had tanks and everything. Mm. You know, when, like, the riots ended, you know, like, as again, I'm going to say it got swept under the rug, really, and everybody just forgot about it. But I personally believe, like, when the riots went on, a lot of people took advantage of that just to act a fool, just to to, to take take their anger out on the cops. And then, like, the after that, the crime rate shot up, you know, 300 bodies for the first time since 1999. You know, I think and, you know, I think that's attributed to the fact that, you know, when it all happened and craziness completely took over the city, I think, you know, you know, but the Baltimore police, I'm going to just say this real quick. The Baltimore police had a uh, a hand in it by shutting down Montgomery. We can talk about that later. But I think what really messed with the whole murder rate in terms of right after the riots was the fact that around Penn North and around, you know, these impoverished areas with pharmacies, you know, they were looted completely. And I mean flooding the prescription pain like flooding baltimore with all types of prescription painkillers percocet you know uh, oxycodone uh yeah and maybe even fentanyl you know but you know fentanyl doesn't come in powder it comes fentanyl patch or you know i think maybe they might have pills fentanyl pills in actual pharmacies but I don't, i'm not for sure about that that's what i think escalated the crime rate because because of all these new drugs here you know people are going to fight over it all these new drugs, that's 100% profit. You know, that means everybody's yeah. on the corner. That means everybody got a gun. That means everybody's getting money, you know. That means junkies yeah. is always copying. Junkies is always ODing, you know. It, it just literally fuels a fire. You're throwing more. It's like it's like coal in an engine. You know, the engine is crime. You know, crime is yeah. not going to stop regardless. But after the riots and this, you know, let's say free coal, you're just throwing more of it in the system. And it's just yeah. making things go faster and faster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, the whole thing about drugs in Baltimore is, like, you know, heroin, it's an epidemic here. It's you know, always been says, an epidemic. You know, it's always been an epidemic. Yeah, it's always been a, And then you got, like, synthetic heroin coming in, like, the pill form, like, oxycodone, Percocet, all these uh, painkillers. And even heroin was used as a painkiller. But, you know, I personally believe, like, these opioid painkillers were brought in as like another version to legally addict people to drugs. And like, like it is, it's lots of alternatives to, uh, for pain relievers, but the main ones that are pushed are opioids are the ones that actually, you know, get people high, you know, so it feels good when you take it. And even when you don't need it, you want more. And then you, you build an addiction to it. Now you, you actually do, 
physically need it and you you're codependent on it and you know it's a lot of people not just older people with the heroin but younger people niggas around our age like 17 18 16 you know 19 mm. addicted to percocets you know they selling them and some of them are even taking them at the same time this was so the whole see, this is the whole strategy though of you know these companies like purdue like all these you know rich companies uh that people that made the oxy um oxycodone and oxycot you know they pushed it as is it was it was the whole per, um prescription market was uh advertised as a market that could self-treat itself you know you create a problem yeah. you know opioid addiction you know they flood yeah. the they flood the prescription market with opioid painkillers so that you know painkillers is a lucrative market and then once yeah. all these people are addicted then you go translate all of this into, you know, recovery. Oh, we're trying to help you, you know, help your addiction. Yeah. Blase, blase, whole time. You addicted us in the first place. It's the same excuse yeah. with the motherfucking cigarette companies that's poisoning our fucking parents today. They probably put tobacco, I mean, not tobacco, they probably put nicotine all in the cigarette, you know, all rolled up, licked up fucking t yeah. nicotine all over the place so that you can say, oh, you know, you got this problem. We already know, we already knew that cigarettes is bad, but let's, you know, show you this patch thing or let's show you a jewel, you know, something that's even worse than cigarettes, you know, it contains yeah. even more nicotine than a pack of cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like the thing with drugs, like they basically are double agents to be honest like they like you said they addict them to it and then they try to help them so they can like they make it more lucrative they, they create a problem to destroy certain neighborhoods destroy certain areas but you know when we when we see it happen to you know more privileged people you know when that when it reaches the county you know now it's an epidemic exactly now it's a crisis you know, but when it happens to us, when it happens to people in our neighborhoods, like over in East and West Baltimore, it, it's crippling the city, you know, the outskirts of what's being gentrified. Nobody cares. You know, the police, you know, they're taking advantage of it. They still beating people up. They still wronging people. You know, people is getting killed. Like the police don't really care like that. They just dare to be there to collect the check and, you know, to mess with people. Mm. But, you know, at the same time, People got to take advantage of the wrongdoings. Like, you got to sue. You got to, you know, make this more public. You got to make certain things go viral that need to be seen on the internet. Because we got camera phones now with good quality cameras. We can and, make know, anything we, we gotta, go viral. And we make the dumbest, the dumbest shit go viral. I mean, we can make, yeah. we can literally, like... And this is no joke. We can change world governments with social media. I I wrote. Yeah. I was reading an article and some guy in Ukraine. You know, he didn't even um, he didn't even run for an office. Like he didn't he didn't go through the usual procedures like anybody else did. Like he didn't campaign. All he did was sit on YouTube and talk about the problems in Ukraine. And you know, lo and behold, they all voted for him in a landslide. You know, they literally voted for a guy they never even met uh -huh. except for on the internet. Oh, uh -huh. I, I didn't catch some of that. His I don't know his name. Let me look up his name. He's he's the U um the president of Ukraine right now, Ukrainian president. The president of Ukraine. Yeah, he didn't even campaign, and he he literally campaigned on social media on YouTube. His name is uh, shit. His name is what? Volodymyr Zelensky. He literally he's new. He's young. He's like what? How old is he? 
Voldemir Velensky. Yeah, Voldemir Zelensky. Um, what? Oh, damn, it doesn't give me his age. Nah, it don't even give me his age. Bullshit ass. <clears throat> but he is the president since, you know, May 20th, 2019 of Ukraine. All he did was yeah. campaign on on YouTube, on Instagram and all this. And people saw it. And they elected him straight up. Off the rip, you know, he won the popular vote. He got a five-year term, you know. And this is just off the power of social media that we have now that we didn't have before, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, uh, you know, we can really use social media to our advantage. But like I said in my one of my newer podcast episodes, they really don't use it to their advantage. Mm. You know, they'll scroll through their feed. You know, they'll see what they see. And they might even talk about the BS that they see and that they'll regurgitate it. But they don't really think outside of the box like that. They don't really, they don't really use the tool that's in their hands for their advantage. I think... That's, that's what social media is used for in a negative light mm. because they don't know how to really market themselves. They don't really know how to do anything with social media except for BS, it's to a, be honest. It's a, I don't know who um came up with this term, but they, they said, you know, we're like kids with nuclear weapons, you know, that because yeah. we can cause so much damage, but we're we're, ch- or we're primitive. You know, we, we can only do like so much with our intelligence, like we're doing, focusing on this dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? But we can do so much but we just focusing on the dumb stuff. Kids, we're, we're apes, we're primates with these nuclear weapons in our hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you pretty much summed it up right there, my nigga. I mean, I couldn't put that in like a better term, but look, I'm going to just say this. Like a lot of people might, might not even have the knowledge. They, they just don't. I mean, they might have the knowledge. They just don't use it at all. Mm. They don't use it in general. They don't really use their tools they don't really use what like it's a lot of people that's writing books and even making videos making podcasts about that stuff and they're ahead but they're not really listening because there's just so much negativity around them for real true i i get that you know you people just need to stay on what they're doing and not what other people thinking for real you know because in the end, you know, positive shit is going to gain traction. Like, the whole Sudan movement thing, that gained traction because it was positive. It was yeah. It was a positive thing. And now everybody's reposting. Everybody got a blue thing on their on they logo. Everybody's doing this. Positive shit just gets uplifted. And people going to be negative yeah. no matter what. People have been negative since, you know, this earth was created. Yeah. Like, there's lots of negativity going around, to be honest. And it's not really many positive things. And when it is something positive... It'll more, it more than likely it'll fizzle out, to be honest. Yeah. Well, this podcast was real positive, and um, I'm going to put his link in the description, his IG, all this. Um, Twan the Dawn, you know what I'm saying? Great interview, you know what I'm saying? Still on here? Huh? I said this is a great interview. This is a positive interview, you know what I'm saying? We should do this again. Um, Twan yeah, the Dawn. Yeah, we definitely should. Yeah, I'm going to put his... Uh, Stuff in the bio, description, link, all that type shit. Um, I see you when I see you, bro. All right. All right, y'all. All right.